0: Us for a Troy hotline. Alicia? Michael?
1: What's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full.
2: Why can't we just win a game?
0: Can I blame Michael Castillo for this?
2: Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there?
1: Scratch claw, up against
2: the wall.
0: Can't explain it, what I'm feeling right now,
1: guys. Let's open up that way, woo Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Trail Radio, episode 363. Coming to you on Wednesday, April 8th. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football and so much more here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Troy ReignOfTroyFansite.com. And our phone number is 213-373-1USC USC, Second What's Bruin Show. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, I'm my co-host, joining me in the Rot Studio here in Los Angeles, Alicia Daretola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. We have reached the quarantine uh, part of the the podcast where we're quarantining in the studio. This is where this is where we are now, uh, which means lots of content, hopefully, lots of podcast content, uh, and so much more coming your way in the next few weeks.
2: Yeah, and maybe one of the the good things about us being all stuck inside and indoors is uh being stuck inside the studio together means we're just going to be pumping out a bunch of podcasts. Like, yeah. Patreon stuff, regular shows, mailbags, everything that we can figure out what to talk about. Uh, that's how we're going to do it. So, you know, more, more goodness for the peoples.
1: Speaking of Patreon shows, we have a new show that we're going to do just for the... Uh... Just for these next, however many weeks, yeah, however long this <laughs> takes, uh, should we tell the people the name of it, or, or do you want to you want to hold that off? No, we should tell the people.
2: I think we should tell people the name of it. I uh, think okay. I think we we got to entice the people. Remember, we're we're trying to sell the Patreon to true. the people. This is true. That entice you with the name. The name is 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 the
1: the catch, right? Let us do it. Ready? Quartime. Quartime.
2: Quartime, let's take it inside.
1: time let's take it inside. Yeah,
2: that's what it is. That's a rough cut of our,
1: our In, intro. Of our intro, yes. yeah. Which we haven't recorded yet. We're, we're, we're going to yeah. record that at some point. Uh, our first episode of Quartime... I can't Quar- even say it. Quartime. Quar time let's take it inside, is going to drop uh, on Wednesday at some point. Uh, we're talking Tiger King. Uh, that's the Netflix show uh, that everyone has talked about. Uh, So we figure we might as well hop on board uh, maybe a week later than everybody else has, but uh, with our thoughts.
2: In in each of these core time, let's take it inside episodes are going to be about something different. So we're going to do an episode on Tiger King. We'll do an episode. Maybe we'll do an episode when I start watching Breaking Bad. I'm
1: trying to get you to watch Breaking
2: Bad. (laughs) We'll we'll do an episode on random true crime stuff. We'll do an episode on random sports stuff that's not related to USC necessarily, or is related to USC. I don't know. Or we're just going to play it by ear during this quarantine.
1: Yeah. Why? Because it's the quarter time. Quarter time. This is yeah. where we need
2: we need uh Jake here with his little echo button. Yeah,
1: the reverb? Yeah. 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 Speaking of uh doing different types of podcasts, let's talk about last week's episode. Uh we did our April Fools' Day episode and it was about the 2005 USC versus Notre Dame game. We got so much feedback because we recorded it as if it was 2005 that we were recording it. Lots of positive feedback. We we love to see that stuff, uh which means maybe we should do more of them.
2: I mean, I would totally be down to do more of them. I'm curious what people would want. The my first thought was the 2011 Stanford game. Yeah. would be fun. Uh, the I, I the, thought about the doing 2000 whole
1: season, but then I don't know that we could find an entire yeah. old season on YouTube.
2: But the 2013 Stanford game, um, there are a lot of games that are in our lifetimes that we could do. But like, I would love to do some even older stuff. Except that if we pretended like it was 1974, then <laughs> neither you nor I would have vocal cords or you know I mean, consciousness we, yet.
1: We, we wouldn't have existed. Yeah, but we we could do like. You know the 1963 Rose Bowl, and then we can do a transatlantic accent. Alicia, what do you think of? of...
2: <laughs> See, you you could do the transatlantic accent. There's no way the heck that
1: I could do it. You can do. What do you think of that How bad Soul old, ringing in this old, passage and running down radio the voice uh, no, I know. I I, I I was taking a drag off that Camel cigarette and watching <laughs> the game.
2: We can do it. I mean, we could also do one from 1989. And just have us be babbling baby talk. Mm,
1: uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe not.
2: Maybe not my greatest <laughs> idea. That's fine. <laughs> we
1: could we do the the nineteen ninety six Rose Bowl and pretend to be six year olds.
2: There you go. You'd have a lot more to say about it than I would.
1: I would, because yes. I remember that game. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Be-
2: ideas all over the place for this this quarantine situation.
1: Yeah, a lot of ideas. We we want to hear your ideas too. Let us know this is your show. You guys run, run everything. Uh, tell, Let us know what you want to hear. I mean, we might be able to put it together for you, either here on the free side or over on Patreon, including our new show, Quartime. Let's take it inside. Uh, Yeah, you can get all of our bonus content for as little as five fifty five 55 a month over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. For 10 bucks, you can access to our Rock Crew Slack. Talk about USC football or literally anything that's on your mind and you can do that with a bunch of our pals over in the Rock Crew slack for as those as 10 bucks a month if you don't want any bonus content but you still want to support the show and you do not like advertisements then you can get our ad-free main shows for as little as 333 our patrons at the 555 and 10 dollars level also get ad-free main episodes over on patreon patreon.com Slash Rain of Troy, Alicia. Let's get into the news. There's not much of it, but th- th- this is court time. We gotta find a way to talk about this stuff. We'll be right back. All right, Alicia, let's start with the commitments of. Four-star safety Zamarian Gordon, spelled X-A-M-A-R-I-O-N, Zamarian. Get used to that. Say that 10 times fast. The 340th ranked recruit in the 24-7 sports composite. And the 17th ranked safety, he adds to USC's 2021 class, which currently ranks 11th nationally, which is a huge welcome sign based on the disaster of the 2020 recruiting class.
2: Yeah, you welcome every big recruit that USC can get. And Zamarin Gor- Gordon uh, is in that tier of recruit that USC is accustomed to getting that maybe they haven't really landed with consistency over the last couple of years. Local well, guy. Okay. So, yeah, local guy, uh, 6'2, 190, uh, fits the bill as far as what USC is looking for in, in defensive backs. And like you said, great name. Great name that I really hope he sticks to this commitment because I'm going to have to learn how to say and spell his name with regularity and I hate uh when it doesn't come to any good use later on uh looking at you Tuli, tuli Gasanoa. <laughs> but um uh yeah no he it's a, it's a really good sign in the in the right direction and and one of those signs that's showing you that USC's recruiting is not slowing down despite all of this pandemic stuff that's going on, which was maybe one of the concerns. And in in many areas, you can look at this and say, wow, how grateful should USC fans be that USC was able to make all the hires that they did this spring because they are all equipped to stay on top of recruiting during this time. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of guys put USC in their top list. We're seeing USC making inroads with a lot of guys and we're seeing them getting these these commits.
1: Well, hey, there is a stay-at-home order, so I think if you're the recruit, you got to stay at home and go to USC, right? Hey, you know, yeah, just local guys. Gavin Gavin Newsom, who went to SCU, I guess. Santa Clara he University. Went to, Gavin Newsom went to Santa Clara. Yeah, he went to Santa. Clara. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, sort of an SC Brotherhood school, sort of, kind of Pri- SC, Pri- right? Private. He, School he in is California. doing USC's recruiting by saying stay at home. <laughs> there, it is. there you go. Heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, other news, the only other news topic to discuss. Uh, the NFL put out their all-decade team for the 2010s, and there are two Trojans on it: one player and one coach. The player is none other than left tackle Tyron Smith, a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, surely a Hall of Famer at this point, I think. I think he's done enough to probably get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and the coach, Pete Carroll, someone who won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. He's one of two coaches to make the All Decade team. The other one being an obvious one. Huge. J- Wait, hold on. N- I misread that. Bill Belichick.
2: <laughs> so, not another USC connection on that one. No. You mean Jeff Fisher didn't make it either? No, he did not. No, no, Jack no. Del Rio either.
1: No, no. Bill Belichick and, and Pete Carroll are the coaches. I, I think those are interesting. Um, I don't know that is Pete Carroll the obvious number two coach of the decade? Well, name someone else. Um, Pete Carroll is
2: one of is is has been to. He's won... Tomlin? Mike Tomlin for the Steelers? Uh, Same number of Super Bowls. Same number of Super Bowl wins? But not same number of Super Bowl appearances. Pete Carroll has been... I think Pete Carroll has been a bigger, uh, a more objectively successful head coach. Nah, nah, Pete over him, too. Really? Yeah, because Pete's, again, he's won a Super Bowl, he's gone to another Super
1: Bowl... John Harbaugh has won a Super Bowl, and he's he's had the best record. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting how Harbaugh started with the bang and then kind of teetered off and then came back. But then again, this is all decades, so Carroll and Tomlin probably the most consistent. So I guess it makes sense. Uh, Tyron Smith definitely makes sense at left tackle, seven-time Pro Bowler, as we mentioned. Uh, the snub here is the interesting one from the USC perspective, Clay Matthews. Six-time Pro Bowler, uh, one-time first-team All-Pro at linebacker. He doesn't make the list, but the, the linebackers who do are Chandler Jones, Luke Kuechly, Khalil Mack, Vaughn Miller, Bobby Wagner, and Patrick Willis. Only Von Miller was a unanimous selection among voting there. Um, I don't have any issue with any of those guys going in over Clay Matthews, with the exception of Chandler Jones. Yeah, see, and this is where... I I, I don't watch enough NFL to to truly be educated here, but I feel like Clay Matthews might have done more than Chandler Jones.
2: I mean, maybe, but you could also argue that, you know, how many of Clay Matthews' good years were before this decade? Um, None.
1: None? His first year was in 2009. Oh, 2009.
2: Oh, right. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Ignore me. Um... No, again, I don't watch enough NFL. I don't watch enough NFL to know what Chandler Jones' qualifications are. He's a
1: three-time All-Pro, but okay. a two-time first-team All-Pro.
2: And so that's, you know, for, he's got more All-Pros than Clay Matthews. I just think when we're, whenever we look at, like, snubs for things, I always want to know, okay, especially in these kinds of things where there is a set number of guys that you have in there, you have to take somebody out in order to put somebody else in. So who would I take out to put Clay Matthews in? Personally, I love Clay Matthews. The the Trojan connection, I would have put him in there, but I can't objectively look at this list and say any of those guys don't deserve to be there. And so I I don't know if it's a huge snub. It just is one of those things where not everyone can be in it and somebody's got to get left out.
1: Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting to see what happens in the next decade when you look at the Trojans who could potentially be there. Um, well, you look at does Juju have a chance. Juju
2: has absolutely has a chance. Uh, he's going to have to continue to, to, for sure. to go. Well, Keaton, of course. I mean, Sam Darnold could be in there. We don't know. Uh, there's, you know, changing of the guard at quarterbacks happens all the time. But um, I'm trying to think of, of who else would be in the running there. I
1: mean, Dominic Davis, he's going to have probably <laughs> one season in, in Canada. Uh, win a Grey Cup and then have so much demand that he comes down and 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 makes the All-Decade
2: team. Oh, te- definitely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm I'm fr- like, is there anyone on defense that? I mean, I guess if a Dory goes on to be All-Pro a couple of times, but I don't I don't know if that's the trajectory of his career at this point.
1: I wonder how close Jarrell Casey made to the to the All-Decade. I team. was going
2: to ask that too. I think I think too much of Jarrell Casey has been. Coming on a little late,
1: yeah. And and Jarrell Casey is one of those those, um, for lack of a better way to put it, Hall of Very Good guys.
2: Yes, absolutely. He he's yeah. very
1: good. I I don't know that Jarrell K- Casey is is a world beater. Um, and I think like to, well, to be on an like, all decade team, you have to be a world beater.
2: And that's where like Robert Woods and Nickel Roby and a couple of the more successful Trojans that are in the NFL, they're good. They're the Hall of Good. Right. It, the Hall of Good, maybe the Hall of Very Good. But, you know, to be in the all-decade team, you need to be a, a step above. And, again, you need to look at the guys that do make it. And sometimes it can be just – sometimes you get lucky and there's not somebody who's better ahead of you. And sometimes, uh, you know, you're at a stacked position and there's no way in hell that – I mean, uh, uh, uh who didn't um, – uh, Drew Brees didn't make the all-decade team. Like – that's because Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were playing in this decade, like you stuff like that happens.
1: You know what's funny about that? Yeah, this is not new for Drew Brees. In 2000, Drew Brees won the Maxwell Award, and the Maxwell and the Walter Camp are kind of the uh, they're the Golden Globes to the um, to the Heisman. Yeah, know? he won the Maxwell, but he was not an All American. You know who who were the All American quarterbacks in 2000? Oh, I don't even know if I want to know. Josh Heupel <laughs> on the national championship Oklahoma Sooners team. Uh, that makes sense. Chris Winkie, the Heisman Trophy winner, and George Gotzi, who I've never heard of in my life from Georgia Tech.
2: I mean, these
1: are th- th- these are
2: things that happen too. I mean, Drew Brees gets the last laugh because he goes and sets records in the NFL. But right, yeah, this sort of snubbing of the of the official award situations. Like for Drew Brees, that sucks because he's not eligible for the Hall of Fame in college football. Yeah. And if the, he's not an all American. The
1: year before Joe Hamilton and Michael Vick were were all Americans both. Which those I think guys is insanely which
2: I think is absurd at a certain point for that to be the criteria. Like if you won the Maxwell Award, then you won a national award. Yeah, like,
1: it should be be it all American or, or win a, a national award. Yeah,
2: yeah. And you can have these official set of like recognized national awards, but yeah, that that's that's another conversation for another day too. But yeah. I just pulled up USC's the the current players in in the NFL just to make sure we weren't forgetting any, forgetting anybody. But basically, like Sam Darnold and Juju Smith-Schuster are the best bets for potentially being, not best bets, best opportunities we think set up to potentially have an all-decade career for the next all-decade. But um, is is it too late now for Leonard Williams? Do we think he's going to, uh, you know, with the Giants or with somebody else, explode?
1: I, 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 think, it's, I think it's too late. I think I we was, would have done it already.
2: No, I was seeing... Uh, I, I saw something talking about Leonard Williams uh, about how he's never had somebody with him, like his PFF grades and stuff like that are all really good, but his production is never that high and he doesn't get the the headlines or anything like that because he never has anybody else taking attention away. So I wonder if that were to change, if maybe he's able to have a Jarrell Casey-like resurgence in, in, in the next maybe. few years, but it's going to be a little bit tough for him just at but the age that he's at now um and then you know maybe a sort of outside chance you look at a or rashim green if they are able to take off i, I wouldn't yeah. put money on either of those guys but it's, like yeah. i think those guys are are very much set up to be in the hall of good hall of very good potentially if they're able to
1: Wait, beat th- there's there's when we say hall of very good we're talking about like all-time very good players i don't know that okay That's that why those, I said guys, the- those guys are there they're no, they're not not that they're there. Being very good overall. Not
2: not that they're there, but I do think they are guys who you who ten years from now we could look back and say they were starters for ten years of their NFL career.
1: Yeah, yeah, and right, yeah. I I, I don't I don't know. I, I think it's difficult. I think Juju would be the one that I'd bet on right now. Um, and then anyone currently on the team, it's obviously just nobody knows. I mean, we we can we can joke about Keaton except for Slovis. Keaton. <laughs>
2: Well, wait, we, now we that, joke about it, now that like, Rojo has uh, Tom Brady, he's going to hit the weapons I, in Tampa Bay. I he's gonna still take off.
1: cannot get over Rojo. Like, I have never been, you know, I need to stop making predictions. Pretty much. The, the three players I was so sure would be studs in the NFL that I've never been more sure of in my life. All of them have been considered busts. Um, the obvious one, Mike Williams. Uh Rojo has been considered a bust after two years. We'll see what happens uh this year, whether or not the Bucks draft a running back. They probably are at some point. Uh but yeah, does that change with with, with Tom Brady? Is he acclimate himself better in year three? Who knows? Um but the other one is, is Leonard Williams, and not to say that Leonard Williams is a bust, but I think that. There are people who are disappointed with Leonard Williams when you look at the sheer production that you. Make. Well,
2: and and for he was what the number five pick, six I think, six. Yeah, when you're a top ten pick, expectations are it's not enough to just be a career starter. Right, you need to be a career Pro Bowler, and yeah. that hasn't been Leonard Williams so far. But as I said, I I have just I came. Randomly came across some analysis that was saying, like, yeah. man, Leonard Williams has been hard done. Yeah,
1: obviously, his career is way better than Mike Williams or, or yeah. Ronald
2: Jones.
1: So. Yeah. I- I'm not calling him a bust. I'm saying that people have. So, either way, I thought all three of those guys were going to be perennial Pro Bowlers, uh, and it hasn't necessarily happened, even though uh, Leonard Williams has made a Pro Bowl. Um, so, yeah, we're, g- we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, And play one of our favorite favorite games on the podcast that we don't play enough: call, cut, commit, which is our take on what? How do you weirdly word it?
2: Uh, date, marry, kill. Sure.
1: What? (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, welcome back to Random Tour Radio. We're gonna play some. Call, cut, commit. Again, this is our version of marry, the letter F, and kill. Uh, call uh, would be the uh, the date, as you would say, uh, Alicia. We're going to we'll say three things. If you call it, that's the thing that you're flirting with. That's the thing that you want by your side. Uh, if you commit to it, that's the thing you're marrying. And if you cut it, that's the thing you're killing. Yes. Are I explaining that right? You are explaining that right, yes. All right. We're going to play three rounds. We're each going to pick a topic. Uh, those three rounds have a category. We're going to start with a USC round, a college football round, and then an off-topic round. I will kick this thing off, Alicia. Call, cut, and commit these top USC moments of your lifetime. For the nine, the 2005 Orange Bowl, and the 2017 Rose Bowl. Call, cut, and commit. What are you doing? Um,
2: hmm. Okay, I'm I'm committing to the Orange Bowl because that's a national championship, and you marry the national championship just straight yeah. up, right? Yeah. So then it's a question women of women love crystal. <laughs> Indeed. Uh. So then it's a question, and this is very, very tough because those two of the most exciting singular moments that didn't necessarily have a bigger picture national title attached to them because obviously fourth and nine did not ultimately lead to a national title. Led to an appearance, but not a national title. And obviously the twenty seventeen Rose Bowl was one of the great comebacks and great games in USA history. But again it was a Rose Bowl and not even <laughs> not even an official Rose Bowl at that. Um in my you, I I know you disagree, but like it's, it, it's the stupidest it's, thing. Ever it's heard. a Rose Bowl that USC backed into. And
1: by that logic, the two thousand six Rose Bowl's not an official Rose Bowl either.
2: Well, okay, that's fine. I'm I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that game was playing
2: for a national hey, title the,
1: the, when sc beat illinois they were not the big 10 champs so did that not really count
2: no because usc won the pac-12 in order to get there Oh, so it it counts if sc's the champion, yes but not the other team no because they don't they don't control who they play in the rose bowl but the uh-huh. whole idea of the rose bowl being special is because you won the pac-12 or you were the best team in the pac-12 and that's not what usc was in 2016 but that's Totally beside the Are you point. saying
1: SC was not the best team in the Pac-12 in 2016? Well,
2: objectively, they, they weren't because they didn't. They
1: beat Washington
2: in Seattle at Husky Stadium. So that wasn't the Pac-12 title game. They didn't do what they needed to do to get to the Pac-12 title. Why are we arguing about this? We're supposed to be doing call, cut, commit. Stop. Call, cut, and commit. Okay. Okay. Reset. Um, okay. So the problem being that. Fourth and nine is one of like the great moments in ever, like it being a rivalry game, it being fourth and nine and then the bush push and all the, the things that came after it. If you cut that, then you're cutting out this magically epic moment. Now, the difference about 2017 is that I was actually at the game in 2017 and on the flip side, I was at the game as media, which meant that I had to be more impartial. But then again, being media allowed me to be on the field after the game, taking video of dudes like embracing and and being just, you know, ecstatic and all that kind of stuff. So like, I don't even know. The whole thing is uh, it's just not fair. Is what I'm saying. Like I I I'm I'm at a loss.
1: 5 seconds. Got to pick one.
2: What are you cut? Uh all right. I'm gonna cut fourth and nine. Wow. Only Only because
1: it pained you to see your Notre Dame lose.
2: <laughs> only because that era of USC football was full of great moments and amazing achievements. And this last decade of USC football hasn't been full of those things. And so the the importance of the of the Rose Bowl Darnold comeback and all that kind of stuff for the enjoyment of this decade of USC football is more important than the for the nine for that decade of fo- USC football because you had the Michigan Rose Bowl, because you had the national t- titles, because you had all of the things that went on in the P. Carroll era, um it just like the oasis I mean the 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 um Yeah, I guess the 2016, like, Oasis, capped by that 2017 Rose Bowl, that's what I'm sort of looking at in that.
1: Okay, I'll I'll give you that. Uh, I'm going completely different on this. I am cutting the 2005 Orange Bowl. The national title! Yeah, because if we're talking about top USC moments, I don't know that that game was a top moment. I mean, like, yes, winning the national title, it should be a top moment, right? What I'm talking about is for the nine and, and 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 the 2017 Rose Bowl moments you're going to remember for the rest of your life in terms of where you were when this happened. There were iconic moments, um, this this century for college football, right? They're, yeah, of, of the of this century, they are objectively top ten games, objectively maybe top ten, 10 top fifteen games in college football of this century thus far. They are iconic moments. The 2005 Rose Bowl, I mean, Orange Bowl, I have no interest in rewatching it because it was such a blowout, such a domination of Oklahoma. Uh, you can watch a highlight clip and and get everything out of it. You need to watch the entire 4th to 9 game. You need to watch the entire Rose Bowl to understand the, the magnitude of those moments. And I think if we're strictly talking moments and the shock and awe factor of the, of these things, the Orange Bowl just cannot compete. Uh, so that's how I'm looking at this. Rather than what I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the moments as moments themselves, not necessarily what they make. The meant bigger picture globally, yeah. in in that sense. So I'm going to commit to fourth and nine, and I'm going to call the. 2017 Rose Bowl, and I'm going to cut the 2005 Orange Bowl.
2: I I get where you're coming from, but I also would rather come from it from my angle. Sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you guys would think. Uh, what would you cut? What would you call? What would you commit to? Uh, Alicia, what is your USC topic for call, cut, and commit?
2: Non-Heisman winning running backs. Uh, on on Twitter this week we put out a sort of uh the, the, the meme that's been going around or the the thing that's been going around on Twitter is you have nine things and you only get to pick three and we did it with USC tailbacks and it's tough because of the wealth well, of, of we, tailbacks. We screwed up. And um, we left out A D We left out A D yeah, and put in Sam Bam, yeah. our bad. Um but you know, the the equation is very difficult, but at the same time it's also very clear cut. I think it's very easy. It's Marcus Allen. And then, depending on your feelings on things, I go Reggie Bush and um, probably AD. But
1: See, I think it's clear-cut Marcus, Reggie, and OJ yeah. are, are one, two, and three. Yeah. In well, any order.
2: Yeah. And, and and if OJ didn't have his off-the-field things, I think that would be even more clear-cut. Allegedly allegedly off-the-field things. Well, and the things he was convicted for and everything like that. Either way, yeah. Um, Either way, if you take all of that off the table, if that never happened, then it's even more clear and unquestionable what that selection is. So it got me thinking, though, if you take the Heisman winners off the table, then you're talking about a much more even sort of group of running backs to to consider. So I have Ricky Bell, Anthony Davis, and I can't decide, Michael, and I'm going to have you decide with me here. Ronald Jones or Lendell White.
1: In uh, in this we we're going to include Lendell.
2: Let's go with Lendell.
1: Lendell had a better offensive line. Who knows what Rojo could have done with that offensive okay. line? Okay, but okay. So Ricky uh, let's Bell, Lendell because of the touchdown.
2: Yes. Okay. Ricky Bell, Anthony Davis, and Lendell White. Ricky Bell was a Heisman runner-up. Um, Anthony Davis was he a? He- well, I think he was a Heisman runner-up as well, or yep. or th- third. And uh, and Lendale was. Uh, you know, he didn't even get the chance to be a runner up 2006. Well, he would have run the 2006 Heisman, but, uh, he was also, he never even got the chance to be a runner up because the running back that overshadowed him on his own team took his spot in, in New York and the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. So you're call cutting and committing for the three non Heisman winning running backs.
1: Uh, this is easy to me. Um I am committing to Anthony Davis because he is Mr. Reliable. 3 seasons of 1000 rushing yards. Uh you're never going to find a, a running back more consistent than that. Uh Charlie White also did that. Uh I believe um a certain man by the name of Ronald Jones missed it by 13 yards. He nearly did that. Uh but consistency is the name of the game for for AD. Uh give me consistent See, in who I commit to, Uh the call, <sighs> Ricky Bell or Lendale. I'm going to have to say Lendale because I've seen Lendale. Uh, I never watched Ricky Bell. I just know how productive he was. And unfortunately, uh that means Ricky Bell doesn't make the, the, well, he is the cut. So I guess he doesn't make the cut. Uh He gets cut and I'm calling Lendale because if you need a touchdown, who are you going to call? Lendale went.
2: Oh, we actually agree on this. Um, Ricky Bell, I would love to sort of get deeper into his story and, and to get a better understanding of, like, where he actually fits. Because um, he's one of those guys, along with AD, where, like, what would the legacy be if he had won the Heisman? Um, how would sort of change his legacy and, and all of that kind of stuff? But, like you, I never saw him. And Anthony Davis holds... a. Uh, like legend status in USC. So I think you're right to commit to Anthony Davis, call Lendell White, and cut Ricky Bell.
1: All right, we're going to move on to college football things. I'm going to do uniforms. USC, Oklahoma, and Ohio State, three teams who wear red jerseys, three powerhouse programs. Who are you calling? Who are you cutting? Who are you committing to?
2: So you you mess this one up though, but by putting USC in there because I'm committing to USC, that's never in question. I mean, objectively, biased, objectively. Um, And then I am. uh, I think I will cut Oklahoma and call Ohio State. The Ohio State is more up and down in their uniforms, but Ohio State's really great uniforms are really excellent. Uh, where Oklahoma, I think they're just a little bit more um boring, and so I'll cut Oklahoma and I'll take my chances calling uh ohio State
1: huh this is i am torn I, i'm Ohio state's propensity to ruin it yeah, w- that's w- the only their, issue with their old, so we we used to say uh, over on twitter with with the Troy account all the time that if s c were were to have uh, new alternates that they should be like Ohio State's because well they back should in, do the back throwback in like, back in like 2012 mm-hmm. they did the 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 modernized stripes on on the, the tight shoulders. the tight shoulder yeah yeah and those look really cool and they were really well done and then all of a sudden Ohio State started doing these these old retros that looked absolutely god awful. Uh, and the all-black jerseys and the all-red jerseys and the all-silver jerseys. And they just looked horrible. So uh, I'm going to cut Ohio State because of that. Uh, I am going to call SC because when SC, when the sun hits right and the jersey looks perfect for home games, it is one of the best uniforms in college football, absolutely. Oklahoma, on their best looking day, does not look as good as USC, but I think they are more consistent when compared to how their opponent looks.
2: You're about to get some hate mail.
1: That's fine. Mm hmm. I'm just saying. I love Oklahoma's jerseys. I I just, I, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's jerseys. Now, mind you, do for I'm me. a little bit of a hypocrite here because their cream stuff,
2: I don't like it at all. It, it's not that great. No,
1: it's not great. I just don't like... I mean, nothing about Oklahoma's jerseys do it for me. Okay, hold on. Let's take... Let's change it up really quick, just on the fly. Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State.
2: Ooh, now we're talking.
1: Yeah.
2: Now we're talking. Three teams that wear Navy. Okay, so the problem is that Notre Dame... Like, historically, iconically, I love the Notre Dame uniforms, but I hate their current ones. They're Under Armour still, right? Yeah. I hate the Under Armour Notre Dame jerseys. I don't like I,
1: the cut of
2: it. The cut is wrong. The shoulders are wrong. The logos are all wrong. So, like, that might, but, but like, the go actually, the, the golden domes, the, uh, the, the, helmets the shiny right. helmets are outstanding. Um, so I think I'll, I think I will call Notre Dame. Michigan, they the, the, the helmet is just iconic in college football. Um, I don't think that I often look at a Michigan jersey and go, "That's bad. That's wrong." They they pretty much stay in their the lane. White
1: pants on the road. Not, not
2: not. But they're not they're not awful. Like right. they're they're not great, but they're not awful. So I'm gonna go with Michigan uh, to commit to, and I'll cut Penn State. Now I love Penn State just in the simplicity. I love teams that do the simplicity. But when you put them up against those other ones, I I just think they're more iconic. Notre Dame and, and Michigan.
1: I I'm I'm torn here because I could just call Notre Dame's uniforms just for the helmets.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that kind of was but, what. But put me I, I hate
1: top. I hate the pants. I think they're too greeny, just like UCLA's pants. Yeah. Um, they're not gold enough. They're they're too drab greeny. I think they look terrible. Um, so and, and that's an Under Armour thing, and Adidas has done the same thing too. Um, so I'm going to. Absolutely commit to Michigan. I'm going to call Penn State and cut Notre Dame. And those Penn State all-white jerseys, love them. I mean, again. They they may be plain. They may be boring. But, man, they cannot be done in a better way. Crisp, clean, perfect. But, anyways, moving on. What's your college football uh, call cut and commit topic? All right, I'm going bowl
2: games. Okay. Bowl games just as a a general bowl game. So uh, I'm not even going to include the Rose Bowl in here because that is just going to skew it too much. So I'm going Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and Sugar Bowl. This is so
1: easy. So easy. Sugar Bowl, get the hell out of here. You're immediately cut. <laughs> no, No games inside of domes. I, I I don't I hate disagree. That, I hate that domey, drab look. I I I like the the Superdome. Uh, for for the, its history, I've been to the Superdome. I, I saw the I saw Grambling State and southern there in 2014, and it was great to to be there. And you feel the history of that thing, even though it's only like 50 years old. You feel the history of it, and I like the building because of that. I hate watching games on TV that are in the Superdome can't stand it it's like you're watching a game on the moon or something (laughs) i don't know if i've ever had that experience hate it uh so that's an easy cut the fiesta bowl is the one that i'm committing to uh just because i think of so many classic fiesta bowls uh miami uh and um and ohio state you had oklahoma and uh and boise state so many iconic moments, so many big moments. Was I loved the, when it was in Tempe. Was the Oregon
2: uh Florida State game, was that a Fiesta Bowl? Uh no, it was a Rose Bowl. Ro- oh yeah, it was a Rose Bowl. That's Oregon right.
1: Auburn was at the Fiesta. Was Fiesta Bowl. Bowl, gotcha. But um yeah, give me the Fiesta Bowl. Uh the Orange Bowl, I'll, I'll call. I I like how they've changed uh Joe Robbie and made it like San Siro, but like a cool San Siro. Um, the lighting at, at the Orange Bowl is fantastic. It's the best lighting in sports, and uh, so I'll I'll call it.
2: Yeah, I I think you're right on committing to the Fiesta Bowl. The Fiesta Bowl is a bowl game that I associate with great memories. Like, yep. I always think of the excitement of a Fiesta Bowl, and I don't know what it is about it necessarily, but it just I associate the Fiesta Bowl with
1: Fiesta, <laughs> you know. The, the weirdness uh, is when they've had those day game Fiesta Bowls. Those have just been absolute trash. Yeah. The Notre Dame, Ohio State. There was the LSU uh UCF one. Uh, uh Arizona played God, who did they play? Was it Boise State? I don't remember. That like none of those felt right, but but so many more throughout the years have, have been awesome. Yeah. Stanford I, Oklahoma State was great.
2: It's yeah, it's just a I feel like it's a good brand, the Festival. Yeah. Um and then I'm I'm kind of with you on calling the orange bowl and cutting the sugar bowl. Although, I think that having never been to any of these games, um part of me thinks that if if it would be kind of cool to go to New Orleans to to Great do City. a sugar bowl, so yeah. like
1: the trip might be cool. Yeah, no. One other thing, for me I 100% agree. I I, I would way rather go to New Orleans than Miami. Yeah. No interest in ever going to Miami. But, um, one thing that, another thing that bugs me about the Sugar Bowl, they, they pulled all these strings when the Rose Bowl said, the the Rose Bowl threw its weight around and said, we have to be played on the first and we have to be guaranteed this time slot and college football and everyone, you know, bent down and bent the knee to the Rose Bowl. The Sugar Bowl got this harebrained idea that they were just as historic as the Rose Bowl and demanded the same contract to be a doubleheader. That is absolutely asinine to me. The Orange Bowl is more historic than the damn Sugar Bowl. So, like, get the hell out of here with that crap. And it's all because the SEC pulled the strings.
2: Well, the SEC is going to do that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the Orange Bowl has so much more national championship history. We're talking about the 80s and you know the Big Eight going down there, Nebraska, all those those teams, those Tom Osborne teams. It's it's more historic than the Dink Circle. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I I don't have strong opinions on this.
1: <laughs> all right, moving on to the off topic top um topics for call cut and commit. Mine is going to be movies directed by USC alums. These are movies that I know we have watched all three of these. I've watched all three. I know you have seen all three. I-, I wanted to include John Singleton's Boys in the Hood because I think that's the iconic one that people think of. Uh, nobody thinks of a certain trio of trilogies um, that mm-hmm. shall not be named. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people think Boys in the Hood is the-, the quintessential USC alum movie. I would include it, but I know I haven't seen it, and I don't know if you've seen it.
2: I have not seen it, though. Yeah,
1: we're, we're-, we're heathens here. But movies that I know were directed by USC director and that we've seen, here's three of them. Cast Away by Robert Zemeckis, Knives Out by Ryan Johnson, and Finding Nemo by Lee Unkrich. Unkrich. Hope I'm saying that right. Who are you calling? Who are you cutting? Who are you committing to?
2: All right. Well, this is actually very easy for me. I'm committing to Finding Nemo. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, certainly in the animated category, one of my favorite movies of all time. It is wonderful. Uh, i recently saw knives out and i watched it twice in two days because i loved it so much so i'm calling knives out great film really enjoyable for these times um i love a good *Who It*, and i i loved the twist that ryan johnson put on the *Who It* with that uh with that movie and castaway uh, it just never really moved the needle for me honestly it just it just never really done it like I wouldn't sit down if it was on TV. I wouldn't sit down and watch it. So, I'm cutting
1: Castaway. Mm-mm. 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 Wrong answer. Yeah, Knives Out. You're getting cut out. Uh, I like Knives Out. I very much enjoyed the movie, but easily here I'm committing to Finding Nemo, and I'm calling Castaway because the the movie that I always have the the urge to see randomly. Is Castaway? Why? Because I always think like I haven't seen that movie in a while. I need to go see that, and I, I'll pull it up on YouTube and and flirt with some YouTube of Castaway to just to see Wilson, Wilson, or I have made fire. I have made fire. Like,
2: <laughs> it's a great ass movie. I mean, it's fine, but like again, if, there are a lot of movies that if I were flipping around TV. And I saw them, I would stop immediately and, and finish them. I and would Castaway probably do not that with Finding Nemo,
1: but I would do that with the specific scenes of Castaway.
2: See, I would do that with Finding Nemo and Knives Out, but not Castaway.
1: See, Knives Out, I don't know that I'd stop and rewatch from the middle of it. I'm pretty sure I would. All right, there you go. Uh, what's the last one? What what, what what are you doing? All right. Call,
2: cut, commit, true crime documentaries. Ooh, tough one. So we're put in the jinx, making a murderer, and abducted in plain sight.
1: Ooh, buddy. I... Man, if you would have told me four years ago that I'd be making the argument, maybe, what, five years ago? That I'd be making the argument to cut making a murderer, I would have thought I was crazy. (laughs) But... But I have to. The Jinx is, to me, is the gold standard for, for true crime docs. A lot of people say it's Making a Murderer. Making a Murderer is the best Netflix one. Uh, the Jinx is better. The Jinx has the aha moment. The Jinx has the, the moments where you're like, wow, and then that, and then that, and then it caps it off with the oh my god aha moment at the end. That's the one I'm committing to. That's the one I want to watch over and over and over again. And again, after that, right? And Making a Murderer season two, I made it through like twelve minutes. And I'm like, this is kind of dumb. I'm over this. And I say this as someone who obsessed on the Making a Murderer Reddit page. Uh, the the subreddit I was there like I spent weeks on that thing.
2: Yeah, I remember that. I, reading yeah. all the theories. Oh, I I read some you, of you. You and I were both trolling the Reddit. Like, yeah, uh, at the same time. And we were like trading theories and you would shoot me a link to a new theory that had popped up and I'd shoot you a link to the new comment that I thought was interesting. And like, yeah, we were really into that.
1: 100%. But it's getting cut because abducted in plain sight is just utterly absurd. Yes. It is the the craziest, like, dumbfounding thing I've ever seen.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so I 100% agree with you on this on this as well. We're agreeing too much, but here, but we yes, the Jinx is the one you commit to, which yeah. b- because it is just amazing. Like it's an amazing documentary. I'm really pissed off, and I'm really still sad that I tried to get my uh, friends who are really into to true crime stuff. Like we've binged um, the Confessions Killers together. We've binged all sorts of different things together. And I tried to get them to watch The Jinx and we turned on the first episode and they all like got distracted by other things. They got distracted by like they wanted to crochet or something like that. Thus began my reinstallment into the crochet world. But as an aside, like I was really like disappointed that they didn't get totally sucked into it the way that I did. And so that was really sad. But The Jinx is amazing. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But you are absolutely correct because making a murderer is long. It's slogging and it's depressing as all hell.
1: Very good. Like I, I incredible. Say anything. In it's making incredible. A murderer season one because it was fantastic.
2: But it is. But it is long and it is depressing. Abducted in plain sight is more snackable, mm-hmm. and abducted in plain sight is the one that I want to go to everyone and introduce them to it and watch it with them just to do like. My friend did this with me where she was like, you have to watch this. And so she sat me down and watched it with me just so that she could watch me watching it. And like, I did, told you, you have to do this. And and you, I want, I was like, I need to hear your reaction to everything. I need, I need uh, a live stream tweeting or a live stream texting from you. Like, I want to watch other people watch abducting in plain sight, abducted in plain sight, because it is just beyond like it is bizarre in a d- to a degree that I can't even like making a murder is complex and intriguing and sad, yeah the jinx is complex and intriguing and sad but also like dramatic in a different kind of way sure. Abducted in plain sight is just bizarre world. So
1: I, I know we're speaking in, in cliches here because we're keeping it vague. We don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, but so if you don't know what abducted in plain sight is, it's about this girl who gets abducted in plain sight. Quite literally, as in everyone freaking sees it coming and they're doing nothing about it. Yes.
2: As in a, a family friend abducts her and... Stuff goes down, and but like, it
1: just gets wilder from there. Yeah, and you're watching this like, why didn't no one put a stop to this?
2: Yes, that's that's literally like every everyone's response to abducted in plain sight is how wh- why did no one again abducted in plain sight? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just incredible that this was allowed to happen.
1: Yeah, just completely, completely dumbfounding. Uh, we're gonna end the podcast right there. Uh, we've got a bunch of mailbag questions. We're going to come back on Friday and drop those into a mailbag episode. Uh, we are going to do that last week. Um, and we only got like two questions. If you guys want uh, mailbag episodes, you got to send in some mailbag questions. Email address, fanside.com, Phone number 213-373-1872. Uh, our-, our pals over at Slack have uh, have chipped in some questions, and you can do that as well. If you join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash troy you get all our bonus episodes for five fifty-five. But for 10 bucks, you get to join our Slack crew, uh, the Rot crew, and talk about USC football and so much more, have direct access to asking us questions for the podcast. So we will talk to you later in the week with the mailbag when we got questions from Richard. We got an email from Jake. We got a tweet from Trojan Tito. We got an email from Yanatan. We got a voicemail from the 562 area code. All that and much more if you send us emails and give us calls and tweets as well. On top of that, uh Alicia, you got a final word?
2: The final word is burrito. As in my newborn nephew was just swaddled in a burrito blanket, and it is adorable. And Thank God I have a newborn nephew and the cuteness to get me through this uh, this quarantine stuff. Cause, yeah,
1: yeah. There you go, proud, proud aunt over here. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, uh, we'll catch you later in the week uh, with on the free side with the mailbag, but over on Patreon. Quar time. time. Core time. Let's take, take it inside. Core time. Let's take it inside. Yeah, we're coming up this week talking about Tiger King. So, join us there, Patreon.com/slash/Manitou. Till then, we'll see you. See you. See you.